The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is proud to present the Boots on the Boulevard Concert Series during Rodeo Week with Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. Rodeo Week never sounded so good. With the best live country music at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas this December. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. featuring Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. More acts announced soon, but don't wait. Go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com to book your experience. Boots on the Boulevard at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. If you feel that there's more to life than iPhones, iPads, and mindless consumerism, if you're searching for the keys to unlock your true potential, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any form of collectivism just not just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you don't think you're crazy for not agreeing with the herd mentality, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. OuterLimitsRadio.com I'm your host, Ryan. Today, we welcome the return of Mr. George Kavasilis. George was one of our more interesting guests from the very first season of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. A lot of great insight. We're just going to go right into the interview right now. It is with great joy to welcome back to the program Mr. George Kavasilis, author, acclaimed speaker, and regular guests on the alternative media as well as the mainstream media circuit. Today we're going to discuss the comic cosmic matrix that is revealed. You can learn more about George by going to his website at ourjourneyhome.com. And before we begin, I want to let everyone know, remind everyone that the first interview we did with George was probably one of the most controversial shows that we did. It got so much response. So it, we've been waiting to get George back on the show for a year. So, Mr. Kavaslas, welcome back to the program. Thank you for being with us. Ryan, thank you for having me on. I just need to correct the URL there. The uh, website you gave is, uh, it's actually ourjourneyhome.com.au. It's got to have that little AU. on the end there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we're just uh, now we're launching a new website, and uh, the new URL is iaminfinite.love. So head on over there and check out the new uh, expression of my work in this world. It's fantastic. Very excited. Good. So, what has been? Um, how has your work expanded in the past two years? What do you just say would be some of the, the biggest changes or directions that you've been pushing your your work in? Well, really establishing uh, the changes that are going on inside of myself uh, then have that relay effect outwardly. So by me really understanding my infinite nature, that is the greatest uh, and most empowering expression uh, and realisation that I've had. Uh, I knew it. Um, it was more uh, from my experience in 2003. I, I really understood it. I started to embody it. Um, however, the more you live it, the more you embody it, the more you are it, and the more empowered you become in this world. And it's really fascinating how you know you, you think you're, you're onto it and you're doing it and you're living it, and we all are to a certain degree. Then a year down the track, you look back 
and you go, wow. <laughs> like if we all just take, take a moment right now and say, where was I six months ago and how was I looking at the world and what was my perspective back then, what is it now? And then we realise just how we're on this logarithmic curve of growth, accelerated growth. It's unbelievable the changes that we're all going through. Well, what has been what has been your growth in, in the last uh, you know, six months to a year? Like, how is how is have your perceptions changed I, or grown? Yeah, yeah well, um, a lot of them have been solidified, have substantiated, uh, have just gone deeper and further, and 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 more deeper understanding. And um, for me, I've been able to implement that into my life. And there's been major restructuring in my life as a result of relocating, you know, uh, lots of relationships coming to an end. Um, so there's this massive change is probably been the theme and restructuring has been the theme of my life of late. So now I'm able to implement the new me into this world and therefore it's a new structure and it's a new expression. And through that, I've created a new business name and it's called I'm Infinite, uh, registered here in Australia. And therefore, it's flown onto that, that new URL, I'mInfinite.love. And that is an extension of me, my being, expressing myself um, into the business community. And it's an interface that enables me to communicate with a wider global community. Uh, it's fantastic. And uh, we'll... If any of our listeners come to the site, we'll definitely post links to it. George, as far as people wanting to progress and grow, what are some, like, a couple of quick things that they can do I mean, to this day, like immediately, to begin to uh, accelerate their evolution? Oh, the their evolution and greater expansion. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is it's, a, it's an ongoing process that I go through personally. And that is the realization that we're all role playing for one another here in this world. So whenever you have a conflict in any way shape or form with someone else in your life it's really important just to stop and take stock of the lessons that they are actually teaching us instead of just falling into that uh, perpetual uh, you know I call it the merry-go-round of misery where we just uh, continually play the game of, of, of pain and blame so when we step off that merry-go-round and we start owning um, the realization that, uh, and we own our role in this co-created experience because we're all co-creating together, and and inside the drama there's pain involved, uh, there's conflict, there's disagreements, there's hurt, there's all sorts of things that go on. Um, however, when we can step out of the drama arena and rise above it and look beyond, uh, you know, from a much greater vantage point in life then we realize we're actually role-playing for one another. And so the people that are causing us the greatest amount of pain are actually our greatest teachers. And the moment we cultivate the wisdom and the knowledge that we needed to cultivate from that experience uh, and, and, and we release them with love and gratitude, then uh, no longer do we attract that into our lives because we've learnt that lesson in life. So it's by the law of attraction, L-O-R-E, law of attraction, um, that we have these experiences. Yeah, I'm just curious. It, so if somebody comes into your life as abusive, mm. you know you you can't stand that. Is it? I mean, and you, and it, you still attract that in your life further down the road. I'm kind of curious to know like what a typical lesson would be. I mean, if you just realize, okay, listen, I don't like to suffer. I don't like to experience this. You know, why would this? Why would this pain perpetually continue to uh, pervade a person's life? Exactly, and it could be various reasons. One of them may be that you have to learn to invoke your inner warrior and learn how to make a stand against that energy. It's not about okay. just 
just walking away from it or trying to dodge it or, you know, move away from it. Sometimes there's other lessons involved. Sometimes it's got to do with what is it about me that provokes the other person in bringing that on to me? What is it about me that does that? And it could be something as simple as um, you have a very powerful role to play in this reality moving forward and subconsciously they're very jealous of you. They don't realise it in their waking conscious state. They just feel this anger towards you and this jealousy towards you. Um, however, there's there's this underlying tension there because you actually have these amazing this amazing energy, these amazing skills and abilities and subconsciously people are just threatened by that. Just by you just walking in the room and just being there without even doing anything to them. <laughs> just your presence. As it is, greatly. I always thought it was my face. I, for some reason, I, could, I have a pretty easy time provoking people. <laughs> I could tell them, like, listen, you know what? Don't be jealous of my inner abilities. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, that's, um, that's pretty interesting. So you think that sometimes people would I – mean, do, do you find that sometimes people provoking others – on an etheric level, deeper level, that maybe the people who are provocators could be here to be the avenue of change that you've discussed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they are a catalyst of change. And, you know, there's, you know, in the, as we call it, in the crucible of life, you know, there's that active ingredient called fire. And, you know, we, it comes in many forms. And I, I like passion. Passion is one of my favorite forms of fire. And I think it's really, really important that we live our passion and we do so with... Um, you know, we have to learn how to manage that energy of passion so it doesn't spill over into, you know, um, unsavory expressions of anger and, and what have you. Um, and, yeah, the pain. The pain is, um, you know, there's different forms of pain as well. We could, we can get used to pain. Some people just get, you know, addicted to the fire and the pain and, and they don't know how to actually step out of the crucible. There's others that step into that crucible of life and, and the pain gets so great that it totally just crushes them. And, you know, there's, there's no way out for them except just to diminish and shrivel up and just die. Um, and for the other, others, we embrace the pain. Uh, we understand how to work with it, that it's alchemy, that it's, um, it's a challenge. It provides a challenge for, challenges for us. So we, we actually see it as a, as a magnificent personal trainer and learn how to work with it. And with fear, we, we feel the fear and do it anyway, is a famous saying, entitled to a book. And uh, once we learn how to utilise these energies, then we're not reacting to them anymore and playing the victim. We're actually, you know, really owning our life and learning how to grow at a rapid rate and become empowered. And our capabilities and our abilities to cope with all the challenges that come to us, you know, really, really change. And, and we're not afraid of challenges anymore. We just become a very powerful, vibrant being that's ready just to go out there and do anything. That's pretty amazing. If you, you're in physical reality and you have the option of experiencing pleasure and you have the option of experiencing pain, do you believe at some point that people who are choosing to always choose pleasure over pain are maybe taking the easy way out, are stunting their evolution should people run towards pain should they run towards emotional pain should they run towards physical pain is pain uh, a lesson that needs to be embraced more in this physical uh, life incarnation that we're experiencing right now 
Yeah, well, pleasure and pain themselves are two unique expressions of dark and light, positive, negative, you know, it's the world of opposites, right? So they're, they're, they're not the only expressions, but they're two kinds of expressions of that energy, of the yin and yang energy. And um, what we need to do is incorporate into our assessment of that is our values. Because when you look at pleasure, for example, what is your version or your understanding of what pleasure is? For some people, it could be um, a, a sexual activity, which for other people would see that as a debaucherous activity. See? So it comes down to your, your set of values. So once we um, can bring that variable into the equation, then, yeah, some people seek pleasure only because they are avoiding the challenges that they need to actually partake in and they just haven't got that inner fortitude at this point in time in their life. Sometimes the, um, the more you go over towards the path of pleasure, the charge of pain continues to build because it's waiting to be addressed. And the more you avoid it, the bigger it gets because it's the scales of life. So the more you, you put energy into one side of the scales or you weigh that one down and then the other side goes up. And it's really fascinating that, that eventually you're going to have to go back over to the other side because you become totally out of balance in life and you need to address the other side of life to bring things back into balance. It doesn't matter well, who you are or what your, your understanding of life is. This is a universe of contrasting expressions. And so there is, there is that balance. And, you know, once, once we do attend to both sides of, of life, the two charges of life, or however you want to view those, um, then what we do is we go into that, when I say about bringing things back into balance, that balance point, that third expression, is actually the aspect of you that transcends the dialectic of the two opposing sides and the drama. And that's what I mean by when we cultivate the wisdom from an experience. Once you learn it, you transcend it. So that's why you no longer need to live that again. I hope okay. you're able to you, grasp that concept. Yeah, you can grasp the concept. And if somebody is leading a life of peace, if they are happy, are they in one way imbalanced? Can they be imbalanced by having peace? It's like, well, listen, you, you got no, you got to have some chaos. You you can't be happy most of the time. You got to have a balance of uh, of crazy. Well, I think, I think it's important that we look at this from more than just this one lifetime. Okay. Uh, that's the mistake a lot of us are making is we, we tend to look at it just as in one lifetime. We look at a person's life and, you know, we don't know what they did in lives before. Some people may have had some very, um, you know, very active roles in the area of pain. And so this time they need to balance it out with a lot more pleasure. It's not just one lifetime and that's it. You know, it's, it's, it's been quite an extensive journey we've had through this universe. And we've had lifetimes in other realities and other realms as well. So, yeah, when we start to uh, look at the bigger picture of a person and their journey in this universe, we start to realise that uh, there's, there's a lot more to people and there's a lot more to why people feel the, the way they do towards one another. For example, you may have an issue with a person in your life currently um, who feels all this resentment towards you when you haven't done anything wrong to them. And, and that is a charge of energy that's built up between the two of you, uh, which may stem from a previous life in this world or may stem from 
uh, a previous life in another reality, let's say in the Pleiadian star system, for example, where you two might be, you know, incarnated as, um, you know, two members of a family and you've got sibling rivalry going on over there. And then you bring it to this world and it becomes more intensified and here's where you come to really process that charge out because of the fractal nature of this world. So it's really important to understand, you know, there's a lot more going on um, to people's lives. It's not just this one lifetime. Right. From what you're able to observe and sense, what are some of the actions that a person can do in the physical body that cause the greatest amount of, let's say, damage or greatest amount of lifetimes that need to be lived in order to make penance or like to repeat karma. Like I'm, what I'm alluding to is if you kill someone in this lifetime and you're the one who initiates a new cycle of violence or you, you break someone's heart or you provoke someone into being depressed to a very serious degree or you do something that triggers a person in a very negative direction, what is that? are those type of actions going to cause you to live unpleasant uh, lives in future lifetimes and future uh, realities? Uh, do those hold the biggest weight? Um, it's kind of like whatever charge we create in this lifetime, which is an initiating charge, a lot, a lot of things <coughs> where it's, excuse me, I've got a bit of a... <clears throat> thing going on um whatever we experience in this lifetime for me it's it, it, there's a lot of closure going on so the way i'm experiencing this reality is for me things are coming to a close so the interactions i'm having with a lot of people uh, uh let's say i've got a negative charge towards me by others is because that is coming back to me at this stage um, because of my actions previously in other lifetimes, in other realities. Uh, and there's lessons that I need to learn from that. Also, sometimes there's a negative charge going on in my life from a, from a person where, you know, I'm going through the process of achieving completion through my journey in this cosmic arena. So I'm, I'm in the process of exiting this cosmic arena and this cosmic matrix system. And I'm on the way out. So there's, there's charges of energy coming at me also to test me to see whether I do have the intestinal fortitude and the integrity to hold my own uh, as I'm in the process of exiting. So th there's many variables at play here. There's lots more than those. That's two examples of, of what's going on. Okay, I want to come back to the earthly matrix and the cosmic matrix um, after this one question, and that is that we had a gentleman on our program in 2015. His name is Rich West, and he, he brought up some really interesting points. He talked about soul contracts. He talked about the idea of there being a reincarnation trap, that you don't have to come back. And, you, you know, we're infinite beings in that we've lived all these different lifetimes, so you probably have yep. already learned the lesson, yep. but they're trying to hold you here. Yep. I want to know what your thoughts are about that. I totally agree, 100% agree with that. Really? Absolutely. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in the process of exiting the cosmic arena, and and you know that's why the the first company that I launched was Our Journey Home because we're going home into ourselves, and therefore going home, um, you know, in to our souls and beyond to our infinite nature. And now the new company name is I'm Infinite, is because we re when we reconnect with our infinite nature, um, we have the 
vantage point, the viewpoint, the perspective of the way our lives are constructed here and everything in this universe is a co-created agreement. There is nothing that happens outside of these soul agreements. Even your existence in this universe, because um, you projected into this universe from the infinite isness of life, where there is no creator, by the way, because it's infinite, um, there's no one anything out there. And that really makes it hard for people to grasp. But anyway, um, <laughs> there is the creator of this universe who's a truly outstanding benevolent being. And we have a co-created agreement. The moment we enter into this universe, we're in co-creation with that being. So my soul, which is the, the grandest expression of my beingness in this universe and the aspect of me that's one with a creator, uh, is a co-creation. And everything from there on, all my projections into my journey through this universe um, is a co-creative process, not only with the creator of this universe, but all the other beings. When we create realities, we create them together. And, you know, it, it's such a beautiful interwoven process, a tapestry of life. The amount of love that has gone into the co-creative process in this universe is unimaginable at this stage because we're also in, inextricably linked to one another through love, through time, through co-created agreements on the soul level. And we create these realities, we go in them and we have all these adventures, you know. We learn so much and then the life cycle of those realities come to an end and we come out and then we go into another one. And it's just so much fun. It just keeps on going. Yeah, and even but beyond this universe, Ryan, when you go out into well, the infinite nature of life... I can't wait to find out what's beyond the, this universe. Well, what's it like? I mean, have you ever taken a peek out there? I, mean, I think we talked, we touched upon it. You described it, but mm. um, what's a, what is life outside this universe, um, outside the well, physical existence? I have in this lifetime. I, I have had right. a, uh, the opportunity. I reintegrated with my soul, so I've got to, and the soul is the portal to the infinite self. Um, and out there, there's all these other universes, and that's what we do. We create these realities. And we go inside them. And so out there you've got your universe and you're the creator of that universe. And we're all inside of you learning your expression as a universe. So the construct of your universe is uniquely yours because it's your own universal expression. And therefore the construct is unique. It's not like this one. This one's called light because um, it's vibration, it's energy, it's uh, logos, it's the word. It's got all these different labels that people use. Um, <coughs> And it's a universe, this one is waveform, so it's a universe of contrasting expressions. Um, and that's what's unique about this one. However, out there, we all have our own universes and, and we all go inside one another and we have this big adventure. And that, that was the, the one theme that, besides love, that, that I experienced in the infinite nature of life was the sense of adventure just ran through all life as far as I could perceive life in the infinite nature of it. It's so much well, fun, you know? Uh, it that sounds sounds like a blast. I'm sure people can. I can imagine what people are having in visualizations right now. As far as this universe and this reality, do you have an idea of what kind of being that we're into, or whose universe we're all experiencing? Because you you defined what the universe was, but I want to know: is there a is there a conscious being that we're actually um, experiencing the the inner the inside of a conscious being? Oh, absolutely! It's everything is by design. The universe okay. is an intelligent being. And we are all, and, and you know, the, the ego construct of our mind uh, finds it really hard 
to grasp the concept of the magnitude of design. Like even when you just look at your garden when it's raining, I think this is a classic example of that. And, and someone who's, uh, um, you could class as an atheist, I class myself as, a, as an atheist in the true form of the word, um, which people think, well, that's a contradiction because you just said you believe in intelligent design. Um, there's, I'll get into that in a minute. It's quite complex. It's like I'm a true sceptic, right? But then you, the people who question about UFOs, they call themselves sceptics, but they're not real sceptics because they're not asking the real questions, right? <laughs> Everything in this world has been twisted around. It's really, really interesting. Anyway, getting back to this, this universe is intelligent design. And when you look in your backyard and you just watch the rain and the way the rain lands on the soil and one drop will just hit the edge of a leaf, the leaf will flip over, it'll cover a blade of grass, mould will be... Uh, do you know what I mean? And that's just one little example of one square centimetre of ground. Now, every raindrop is designed to fall in exactly that way in exactly that moment. The, the way a bird flies through the air, the, way, the whole thing is intelligently designed. And the magnitude of processing that takes, that it takes to design a reality such as ours, especially ours, because the whole universe is expressed here in this world. It's a fractal of the universe. The amount of processing is unfathomable. It is just amazing. It's not impossible. Um, it's very real. It's really happening. And when you step, when you reintegrate more with your soul and you go back to that soul level agreements, you realize just how many realities you yourself are the creator of. You know, we all, all have our own galactic realities. All the galaxies in this universe are all co-creations. It's not like the creator creates the whole thing and then there's just you bouncing around in a reality. The whole thing is a co-creation. We're all intimately involved in the actual creational process of this universe. This is how the universal creator works. This is how you learn. You, it, the, life in this universe is a participatory process. And when you walk in those shoes, that's when you know. When you live those realities, when you live those experiences, that's when you cultivate the true wisdom of life. If you sit back and you observe and you make intellectual deductions of what it's like to be that, it's like I can, I can sit down, I can tell you, I went to this restaurant and I had this fabulous meal and I could tell you about its aromas and its tastes and my emotional reactions and how it made me feel and all that. But until, and I can show you pictures of it, but until you actually sit down and you eat that meal yourself, you won't know what I'm really talking about. You won't really know. You know, that's pretty amazing. For some reason, when you, when you said that, it reminded me of people who are, you know, talking about, who are in organized religion, and they're, they're, they're considered, the, you know, the priests or their teachers, and they're, they're discussing these lessons, and you know, they may be able to recite the words. They may be able to recite the way it was, it was taught to them. But have they ever experienced this? And the same thing with uh, New Age or any kind of metaphysical teacher or anyone who teaches someone something. How can you truly teach or just say that you know it without experiencing it? Exactly. I'm, I hardly agree. That's the whole foundation of my work is I'm not a researcher. And all the authorities know because they watch my computer. And they know I don't sit there watching documentaries and 
and doing researching on blogs and blog sites. I don't read. I don't like to read. I'm an orator. I just don't like reading, even though I've written a book. I've authored a book, which was a challenging process. I'll have you know that. Um, so they know I don't. And everything I share is from first-hand personal experience. That's, uh, and you got a lot of great experience and a lot of great insights. And I was wondering if we could talk about the the conscious being known as the true creator of this universe. Mm. You said the universe is its own conscious being. And the last time we, we, we talked, we talked about the very true nature of, of God. And this is where it got really controversial. And I just want to yeah. come back to it to come back to the point. Um, believe that we were discussing, you're saying that people believe in this idea of God and they pr- promote and present their energy towards God, but the, the energy that they present or the being they believe is God is not the true creator of the universe, but rather a, what, an ego-based form that doesn't even have the power and full magnitude of the actual creator of this universe. I was wondering um, if this um, ego-based God that we discussed, is this ego-based God growing in power and is the true conscious consciousness, the true creator of the universe, at odds with this false god that people believe is the real god. Yeah, so inside the grand cosmic arena, they are at odds. Okay? Now, the grand cosmic arena is, you could say, hierarchically speaking, is the lower half of the universe. Then, then you've got the much... It, it, it's inside of this universe. And inside the grand cosmic arena, just so people can get a grasp of how big it is, um, and what I'm referring to, uh, is all the dimensional realms that people experience. Uh, let's say they say, oh, I've, I had these ETs visit me from the ninth dimension and are these beautiful loving beings. And then I had these seventh dimensional entities, you know, who are, you know, doing time travel and blah, blah, blah. And you, and you hear all this stuff and people are having those experiences. So all those sorts of dimensions that I'm speaking of there are inside the grand cosmic arena. And also all the parallel universes that quantum physics talks about because they're all other light-based universes. So they're all inside the grand cosmic arena. So you're beginning to grasp the size and the magnitude of what I'm talking about now, right? It's big, okay? So beyond that arena uh, is the main structure of the universe as well. So beyond that, that ego construct, that, that entity that you know as God, Allah, Yahweh, whatever you want to call it, it's all the... It's the deity of the priests. It's not the real creator. Um, that entity, that, that ego construct that, that's claiming to be the creator of all that is and all that exists, which there's no such thing because life is infinite. There's no one anything. Um, so this is, this is what we're dealing with. So be, but beyond this arena, we're all equal. That, that entity that's playing that role as God inside the grand cosmic arena is actually we're together, side by side, in unconditional love beyond the arena. But in the arena, we're all role-playing for one another. And because this is a universe of contrasting expressions, you know, that entity is providing us with the challenges. This, the deception that's been imposed on humanity is so vast and so great. You know, people have only, have only had access to what you know, has been available to them. And, and it's really convenient that the priestly caste have gone around and burned all other knowledge, how convenient, <laughs> destroyed all <laughs> other knowledge, hoarded whatever knowledge was favourable to them and serves their agenda and gives them the upper hand and the power. And then they serve to the masses the version of reality that they want us to believe. You know, 
Now, <laughs> I'm curious, is that part is that part of the earthly matrix and the cosmic matrix and the in that um that priestly god that you were just discussing? Yeah, the, is that the spark of the earthly and cosmic matrix? Um is that like the driving force behind it? it is that, it is that is, the creative spark? It is uh yes. Because there's two layers to the matrix energy. There's a natural uh, order of uh, resistance, which we call the organic dark, which is totally honest and honourable and upfront. Um, and it just provides the challenges, but you're fully aware of all the challenges. But then there's this other energy, which is what I call the synthetic dark, which is God's version of replicating the natural version of what dark is, uh, what negative energy is. And that energy is uh, quite debaucherous, masochistic, sadistic, manipulative, deceitful. That has a totally different energy about it. Whereas the organic dark will say to you, you know, in your journey through this universe, they're going to go, you know, I'm going to build this mountain for you and I'm going to make you climb this mountain. And when you do, you're going to, you're going to get tired and you're going to sweat and, and you're going to slip and you're going to graze your knee and you're going to bleed and you're going to hurt. And you're going to learn magical things along the way through that, that process of challenge. But when you get to the top of that mountain, you're never going to be the same again from all the wisdom you learn. And so you know up front what you're in for. And then you go into that reality and you have that experience. Yeah? So you know what you're... Yep. It's, it's really... It, it functions with integrity and it is part of the natural order of this universe that provides the challenges so we can go through the challenge and then we can learn the wisdom we can grow However, you have this God entity who wants to, who's claiming to be the creator of all that is and all that exists and has replicated its own version of waveform or the natural order of light in this universe. It's created its own version of light. So we've ended up with a synthetic positive energy and a synthetic negative energy, so a synthetic waveform. And it's, its versions of what love is and its versions of what dark and negative are have a different energy about them. And once we can understand the natural order to the synthetic order, then your point of reference, that point of reference is like, phew, it's, it's fantastic because you're able then to navigate your way through this reality and, and, and see all the deception. You could, you could see the lies. You could see the people that are totally immersed in the artificial belief systems of this world. You know? and, and the problem is we've had this God entity that's had free reign here for quite some time, you know, 6,000 years especially, and, and especially the last 1,700 years, it's been pretty strong. And it's disseminating its cosmopolitical agenda. So it's disseminating uh, doctrine that is being imposed into the human psyche. So humanity views life by a certain perspective, by the way it wants people to see life. And then it implements all these spiritual practices and doctrine. So the people, through those rituals and through those practices are consuming its version of light. I'm just kind of curious. Like, what about the, the, the greater conscious, the actual creator of this universe? Like, when, when is, are we going to see some kind of intervention? I mean, can people, is there anything that can be done to stop this? Or is it just going to have to be like, we're going to have to walk out of here. This is the way this universe is going. And y y it's not going to change. And you just have to take it upon yourself to walk out of here. I mean, what's, well, the one thing the happening? natural creator does not want to do is disempower you. So it's a fine line between being a saviour, which is toxic, and being a hero, which is helpful, right? So we, 
We, all, all the beings of the natural order will only come to your help when it's absolutely necessary, but they'll do it in a way that doesn't disempower you. Whereas all the members of God's tribe, right, if you want to call it that, okay, because that, those letters G-O-D were given to us by the priestly caste, and so that's what everybody knows that entity as, or Yahweh or Allah. It depends what culture you're growing up in, but it's, it's the same entity. So that has its own set of minions that works for it, and you know them as angels and archangels and all that sort of business, and, and other, other names, ascended masters in the New Age religion as well. And they all work for that entity, and they are the ones that go around feeding people light energy. So all these people are encouraged to meditate. They're encouraged to consume the light energy from these beings. And these beings come and disempower those people because they create a relationship of dependency. It's just like when we consume light energy it's, and, and, and you bliss out on that, well, all you're doing is drug taking on an interdimensional way. <laughs> So you're saying like, what about meditating? If you're meditating on a regular basis, well, you know, we've heard so many times that if you meditate, you calm your brain, you are in a receptive mode. Mm-hmm. But do you think is that one way? Is that just feeding into a drug? Is that just no? No, I do that all the time. But what I do is I go inward into me, and I bring okay. the light out from my soul. The whole point here is to turn inside out. You've got to bring your light out. The kingdom of heaven okay. is within. Don't ever forget that. Know thyself. Don't ever forget that. There's a lot of truth in, 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 the, in the doctrine, in the scriptures. There has to be, otherwise the thing won't adhere to the human psyche. So they've, they've got all this wonderful truth in there if you know how to sift your way through it. But there's, you, know, you just hold on to the gems. Keep it really simple. Hold on to the gems. And turn inside out. And what when you do, when you connect inside of you, to your soul that, that resides, your inner light that resides in there, your soul star essence, that is the part of you that's one with the real creator. And then that relationship there, that's Christ is inside your heart and your soul. You know, the moment you, you, you worship something outside of you, you're giving your power away. That's not, and it's really interesting how um, the priestly cast say that you have to accept their version of Christ into your heart. Well, I don't have to accept anything into my heart. I know what's already there. I'm already connected. You already are at the core. You, you already are that which you seek. All you need to do is go within and rekindle that, reawaken that. That's, that's the symbol, symbolism of the phoenix. It's a rebirth. That's what we need to do. Well, I want to ask you, can you partner with a with an energy or an entity that would say be celestial, that would have maybe your best interest or would want to help you. Like, can you partner with the, with the spirit of Christ? Can you partner with um, the essence of Buddha? Can you partner with even some of the Greek mythological uh, beings? If you know, they have the passion and love in their heart and they they want to help is, can you do that without? Well, um, once again, the real, the real Buddha and the real Christ now, and the real Krishna, to me, it's all one and the same. And that energy already resides in my heart and my soul. I'm already in that relationship. All I have to do is bring it, excuse me, bring it to my conscious awareness. 
of my wake, awoken mind. That's all. So I'm already in that relationship. I just need to be more aware of it. <laughs> um, it, it it's like <coughs> the, the way this energy, this God entity works is its very construct itself is a mind entity. It resides in consciousness. Consciousness is mind energy. It's universal mind energy. And that's why the... Uh, the pursuit of consciousness on this planet right now is the number one thing in the spiritual communities, and especially the New Age religion. And the reason for that is because it is mind enlightenment. It is God's version of what enlightenment is. What I'm sharing with you is my experience of that, and I have the other point of reference of having reintegrated with my soul and experiencing the enlightenment of my beingness. So one focuses in the area of the mind, especially the, the people that focus on the pineal gland for enlightenment. Okay, That is um, the environment, the ecosystem of the mind. It's, it's, far, it's far more sophisticated, the, these programs that this God entity has um, imposed on humanity than people realise. It's far more sophisticated. Please take into consideration, okay, that what we're dealing with is is eras and epochs and eons upon eons upon eons of evolution in this universe, the entire universe. So what's being imposed on our humanity are the most sophisticated programs of my control and manipulation that exist in this entire universal construct. The best. The absolute best. So when I share my knowledge and wisdom and information with people from my first-hand personal experiences, it really troubles a lot of people. They feel pain. They get, some people get anger as, as a reaction um, because they've been submersed in the doctrine and the dogma uh, of this God entity and its mind control programs. They're really severe. They work really well. Add to that the fact that our genetics, our genes through our ancestors, we've been marinating in this stuff for centuries, for millennia, right? So that's why you physically feel pain as well because your genetics have been programmed into this energetic field as well. So... I just ask you to consider what I say. No, like nobody has to go where I'm going. Okay, I just want to make that you know up front. I, my love for you is unconditional. But why I do what I do is because I've had an experience where I've seen the other perspective. I've experienced the other perspective, and I and I know both worlds. And I'm just saying, hey, you know this this version of reality doesn't have a voice in this world. And it needs to, because we need to remember who we are from the natural order. This isn't, uh, I'm not coming at you from a self-righteous perspective, which is interesting when you really, each time I have to debate somebody um, or, or converse with somebody in regards to this issue and they're coming at me from a religious perspective, it's amazing um, how they take that self-righteous high moral ground every time. Because the, the version of love that they function from is a synthetic version of love. It is enamoured 
in a self-righteous ego construct. And, and, it, and it's like a porcelain glaze. It's absolutely amazing when you can sit there and you can experience that energy. And it, and it tries so hard to come across as the natural order of love. It really does try hard. But when you have that point of reference from within your own heart and your own soul, the love that resides in your soul, that is the most purest form of love you will ever experience. And my version of soul, what I'm talking about soul, is beyond consciousness and is beyond spirit. So I just want you to understand the magnitude of the love of which I speak. Well, one point we talked a little earlier before we did this interview, this may have been a couple of weeks ago, you said that we may have a trump card in this game. We may have some kind of secret ability to maybe throw this cycle and put it in reverse or at least halt it because just by observing the way things are right now, I mean, I've been talking about this on the show for at least two years, that I think humanity is getting darker and that becoming more controlled. And you described this, you know, synthetic God is becoming more powerful. How does it, can, is there anything that can be done to stop it? Is there anything that can be done to reverse it? Or do we just have to escape? Do we just have to escape this reality and go to another existence um, that is more peaceful? or more likened to the uh, organic and more accepting of love. Yeah, I've literally experienced other vibrational realms on this planet where nothing consumes anything. It's just this beautiful light energy and even the natural environment being the flora and the fauna just exist beautifully. And they partake in other activities uh, of expression because they're not in the survival mode. And so when I look at this reality, I see uh, a vibrational pattern where everything consumes everything. We we all think that it's humanity that's just, uh, you know, we're kind of like being tainted to be the evil ones. Mm. You know, we're just lowly human sinners and we all need saving by God because we're these pathetic humans that squabble and fight amongst ourselves and, and, and we're debaucherous and we just don't know any better because we're just pathetic. Um, well, that's the cosmopolitical agenda of God because it wants to save you. It wants, it wants to b- diminish you to such a degree that, that you give your power over to it and then it's going to take you to its heavenly realms. So it's going to save you. So for all of those of you who want saving, then do it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting journey. I've been there, I've done that, and you'd be surprised how many people that I, thousands all around the world, who share with me how they've been there and done it, and they're all done. Uh, we all know this from our level of our souls. So it's not just me who's this crazy, raving lunatic all by himself. <laughs> Coming back to the, um, the changes that are going on on the planet, we, we've got this imposition of AI because we do have the big trump card you know, like I said to you uh, prior to this interview. And once we understand that we are co-creators of our experiences, then you are a co-creator of this reality. And the way the true creator works, the way universal law, L-O-R-E, works, um, is that if you are a creator of a reality, then your energies are at the deepest foundational building blocks of that reality. Uh, then that gives you the authority in that reality. So we have all these imposition taking place here. And 
I'm one of the beings that originally created this galaxy, this solar system, this planet and the human vessel. I'm one of those beings. So however you want to see me through that is up to you, but there's many, many, many beings on this planet that know the same about themselves. I assure you of that. Um, and because of that, because of this fractal process that we created, this pathway towards centre, this is, this is the exit point of the grand cosmic arena and you've got the self-righteous God entity that's trying to say this is all evil and bad and, and um, it's fascinating because it, it's the one that's implementing all these control systems and its version of what, evil, what we call evil, of the, its version of negative energy with all this masochism and war and destruction and, and you know, it's, it's come here and it's just let loose because it makes... It's doing, I think it's doing a great job. If, if it's here to create darkness, I think it's doing a phenomenal job and it's got the people just, you know, brainwashed and thinking, oh, this is wonderful. Exactly. Let's have, let's have another That's, war. It's agenda because it, it, ha it has to because it has to come and save them, right? Um, and, and then people, they just give their power over to that entity, continues to feed off their energy. Worship is feeding mechanism. Yeah, it's, uh, it uses a subservient model. So it comes in claiming to be your creator, but we've never been created. You know, we've always existed. Our existence in this universe is a co-creation and we're infinite. So I always have been, always will be. There's no beginning or end to me. Um, this is the debate I had in the Vatican um, with, uh, you know, four senior entities there. And I said to them, your God is not my maker. Well, when did this happen? You went to the several, Vatican. Several years ago, I got taken to the Vatican, and I had a pretty big debate because they knew about me and what I'm here to do, and I'm here to expose their God uh, for what it truly is, because I see behind its mask. I see behind its mask, and we had a very fierce debate, and it, it, they accused me of having the most grandiose ego, and I said, "Do you want to talk about egos? <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go there." Let's do this. I said, you know, life is infinite. There is no beginning or end to life. There's no one anything. There's no totality to life. And here you have your God claiming to be the creator of all that is and all that exists. Uh, that is the greatest expression of egoic insanity this universe has ever seen. Your God is suffering from the greatest egoic insanity this universe has ever seen. And all the beings from the natural order know this. All the beings know it. And, and that entity is totally incensed by anybody who knows life beyond its ego's construct ex ability to experience life. Now, don't forget beyond the grand cosmic arena, we are in unconditional love and we are equal with that being. But in this arena, it's role-playing for us. So it's in this grand cosmic arena with all the parallel universes and all the multi-dimensions that you experience, um, that's the arena that it's, it's playing in. It has this deluded, self-deluded um, uh, view on life that it has power over everyone and everything, that it owns everyone and everything, and it uses the guise of love. So what it does is it seeks custodianship under the guise of love. And we have to be so, so careful of this. And we need to awaken to the true reality of life. And, and the trump card we have is knowing our true soul essence, that we are infinite, 
that we've never been created and that we're all playing a, a participatory co-creative process and that our energy are at the very deepest building blocks of this reality and therefore we have the authority to make a stand against anyone or anything who tries to claim ownership over you. Do not be afraid of who and what you are. Do not be afraid. Live your soul expression in this world. Be who you came to be in this world. And, and go home to the natural order of life and understand that you know, Christ, everybody thinks the, the biggest warning Christ gave was about the money lenders. That's, that's total bullshit. Anybody that tunes into Christ energy or, or you know, lives with Christ energy or Buddha energy will, will tell you that the biggest warning that Christ ever gave was about the Pharisees and their deity and their doctrine and their dogma. That is the biggest warning Christ gave. That is the true Christ. Because the priestly caste as the earthly representatives of this God entity is the biggest problem we have on this planet. You know, and, and I had a wonderful private session, because I do private mentoring sessions, uh, with a monk, uh, a very elderly monk in his 70s who... who <laughs> spent his whole life in, in and out of the Vatican, you know, and, and we were in tears together on Skype because he wanted to know my version of Christ and I, I explained explicitly with him my experience of Christ and we were in tears together because he had to leave the priesthood because he could see what was going on and the real truth of the matter at hand. There's something in our culture called cognitive dissonance where people... Yeah regardless of the facts, regardless of what they're feeling, choose not to go through. They choose to stay within the matrix. So it seems that there's some people who are going to be on this reincarnation trap, maybe for all eternity. They may never get out. So is it your concern to help them, to save them, or do you just figure out a way to get out, get to another side, and then come um, in other lifetimes as an etheric being by their side and be one of their guides to kind of help them out? Like, yeah, that happens that's too. Weird. It's uh, interesting. I'll, I'll just bringing up a Facebook post I did. Uh, I don't do Facebook very often, but I wrote this uh, just the other day. Um, uh, where is it? And, and it was talking about how people choose to... <clears throat> um, because this world has been um, living a life for so long and truth has become so foreign to people that when they experience the energy of truth they it's so foreign to them and it feels so uncomfortable because because the natural order has a vibrational pattern it's it's traditionally known as logos yeah and and so logos? yeah logos um which is also known as the word you know uh, originally and it's also the symbol of that is the sword like, for example, when Muhammad said, go spread Islam via the sword, he didn't mean to go around killing people, right? <laughs> he, he meant you use the truth uh, and, and, you, and you share the true knowledge of life uh, and love and wisdom um, to spread the knowledge of Islam. That's, that's the true uh, original meaning of that statement by, by Muhammad. Um, Christ being crucified 
on the mound is the sword and the stone. Uh, you've got King Arthur and the sword, you've got Helen, the keeper of the sword, you've got Samurai, the way of the sword. It's, it's understanding the symbol of the sword because the sword, being the symbol of truth, cuts through all the lies and all the deception um, when you wield that sword. And it's important to understand that there's a lot of power that comes when you can embody Logos, which I do. And on the odd occasion, I... I, you know, I don't mean to, but um, like it was about a week ago, I totally dissected a friend of mine with the sword because um, I just was so blunt and so raw about the truth about their behaviour. And, and I totally overreacted. Uh, and I wrote back, I totally owned it all. But that was, to me, a misuse of that power. Yeah? Because I didn't take enough into consideration into the feelings and the emotions of my friend. So it's, it's still a learning process to be able to embody Logos and know how to walk this world with it. It's, it's a very challenging thing. However, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the easier it gets. And Logos, that vibrational blueprint of life, um, has a resonant feel to it. People call it truth vibrations or truth frequencies. And when you come across somebody who's immersed inside a belief system, who have given their power over to that belief system, to that dogma, to that doctrine, to those spiritual practices, then you, it's, it's, it's a clash. So not only do you embody that energy, but when you communicate, your words have the truth vibration in them. And when they receive those words into their mind, it creates pain. It creates discomfort. And rather than people acknowledging the vibration of truth and being able to confront their own belief systems, what they do is they put up a resistant wall to the pain because they don't want to feel the pain and then they turn around and they go back into their comfort zone of the custodianship of their belief system. So what we need to do is have more courage to say, okay, that person is communicating to me. The pain that I'm experiencing is that because it's something I pain I need to work through and what is that pain? Because pain is a beautiful messenger. It's so honest. It never lies. And it and it's, exists in your life because it's, it's there to send you a message about something. Once you get that message, then the pain goes away. It's kind of a really good friend to have. Okay, well, can I pause you right yep. there? Because this is something I think is going to resonate with all the listeners. All of our listeners out there have maybe one or 10 or 30 people that are like the biggest pain in the ass that ever existed. They repeatedly come into life. They make their life miserable. Why do those people have to exist? And what can we do to change ourselves so those people just go away, go back to Yeah, life? because those people are trying to teach them something. There's a message in that pain. The pain you experience from that person, it's, it's you know, I know we're doing a loop back to the earlier part of the show, yep. but pain itself is a messenger. It, it, it always is so honest. It never, ever lies and only turns up in your life when there's something that needs to be brought to your attention. And so learn how to work with pain. Just step back from the drama of that pain and really read the situation, that person. If you're having that pain in the ass person in your life, then, then look at the conflict. What are they trying to teach you? And sometimes it's not very obvious up front. You just need to contemplate on it for a little while. It might take a week or two or a, you know, a month. But be patient. And then once you learn that lesson with that person, either they will totally transform and be really friendly towards you 
Or they've played their role in your life and they will move on and they'll move away from your life. Okay. There you have it right there. We can, uh, we can all take that lesson to heart and keep it going. Where do you see Earth... Well, what do you see happening in the world for the next 10, 20 years? Ooh. You said this... this, this what what is happening? Are we are we going through the uh, the the dark ages? Um, we're going to go through a modern version of that. AI imposition is really strong. Um, the artificial intelligence is the scalpel that the god entity is using. So the god entity itself is not uh, it's not an AI. It, it it's an organic ego construct that resides in consciousness, mind, energy. <coughs> well, what it's done is it's teamed up with a malevolent expression of artificial intelligence in this world, in this universe, and it's using the AI as the scalpel. So this has been its cosmopolitical plan, okay? So it comes in and it decimates all the natural knowledge, pumps out a version of perception of reality through its doctrine and its practices that it wants humanity to see, and it has a different version of that in every culture. And then what it does is it brings in AI. This is, this is a common um, uh, pattern for being a cosmic conqueror in, in this universal cosmic matrix. Okay? So this has happened before? Absolutely. I mean, is this like a plan of action? Absolutely. And did anyone, with any other entity, did any of the universes like overcome this? Or are they all like pretty much in like eternal darkness lockdown? Um, well, it's not eternal because everything has a life cycle. Just some are in longer right. periods than others. Um, so this God entity is a cosmic conqueror and what it does is it goes around conquering realities and it's assimilated so many dimensional realms and galactic systems and star systems um, and that's why we have you know, all these channelings that are going on with all these different interdimensional beings because it sends, it's, it's got such vast resources at its disposal, it can send you know, one group of ETs from one dimensional realm or one another group of, you know, what you call an ascended master or a different group of interdimensional entities that will come and channel through that person. And, you know, it'll just, it'll just manage this whole influx and inflow of information into the human psyche via all these different portals of entry, different modes of entry. And then you've got the established religions, which is what it's already created, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of like calibrating and fine-tuning. It's, it's, it's like a, a mould of clay on the plate in front of it and it's able to manoeuvre it this way and mould it that way. Um, but when it does that, what it's doing is it's using energy, it's using information, it's using, you know, sequences of events, it's using... It, it, it's managing this reality really well, the way... And the grand irony of all that is... We're, we're in a layer behind that, allowing it to manage this reality in this way. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, it just that's, that sounds awful. I don't want to be, I mean, part of me sounds so selfish. I don't want to be a part of this. I mean, I, I maybe, can we just, is it better uh, to just leave? I mean, why even try to change it? If this thing is going to happen and you have so many people that are either unwilling or unable to wake up, and what's the point of, of staying here or even trying to oppose it? Why not just let the course of action just go and just try to, evolve out of here because it doesn't seem like the next you know 20 years maybe 100 years a thousand years are going to be uh, peaceful oh well the next few years are going to be quite challenging um <laughs> to say the least the reason why i don't just walk away is because i've overcome my own victimhood i'm owning my existence here and i'm owning the role that i've played in the creation of this reality through time 
So I can't just walk away. So that's my, you know, people might feel differently about themselves. That's fine. I'm not going to judge them. But for me, I, I've got obligations and responsibilities towards my mother planet, towards the sun, towards the galaxy, towards the universal creator and towards my humanity. So all those relationships, I have responsibilities and obligations to. And that's why I'm here and I'm doing what I'm doing. But I mean, did you say you're leaving pretty soon though? You said this is your last time out, right? Well, this is my, yeah, because well, Earth is changing as well. It's not going to stay the same. That's my understanding. Well, it's my understanding of it. Like, like, let's just say, put the disclaimer in there. I could be completely wrong about all this. Let's just say that. Um, and it's my understanding that this vibrational field of expression on this planet, where everything kills everything in order to live, it's completely consumeristic, both in the human world and what we call Mother Nature. Yeah, because. We needed an ecosystem that was going to support us being consumeristic to, to learn the lessons that we needed to learn. So we needed to incarnate into this version of reality to achieve the outcome we needed to achieve. So this expression, this planetary expression of Mother Earth is her distorted ego as a planetary being. So this vibrational field to me is coming to an end. I didn't incarnate to save the whales. I didn't incarnate to save the forests. Though all the elders of the indigenous tribes know that about me and they are in unison with me. The real elders, I'm working with them. They know that this version of Mother Earth is coming to an end. It's coming to a close. The pain and the suffering has served its purpose. There's no need for it to continue. Okay, well, you say it has no need to come to, to continue, but that, uh, that synthetic God seems to be more powerful and that it's imposing much more um, like tyrannical type rule. How is that going to sustain itself if this you know, pain and suffering is going to come to an end? Does it need the um, element of pain and suffering in order to sustain itself? Oh, it does, for sure. So that's why it's creating its version of this reality right now. So not only is it completely studying through all these different ET races that have come here, and they're totally dissecting this reality from the inside out. They're also totally dissecting humanity from the inside out because the worship of humanity, because we're fractals of the universe, this God entity has never, ever been fed so much power, ever, in all of its existence. There's babies being born in this world that have access to more life force than that God entity and its ego construct ever will. Right? I'm just curious. Yeah, so, just curious. What about the beings of natural order? I mean, I, it's, I, I'm going to say something that it's probably going to make a lot of people upset, but I, I'm getting a little pissed off about these light beings that are supposedly all there around us that are waiting, you know, to, for us to communicate with them. Oh, uh, that they love us, and it's like, you know, we need them right now. I think right now is a time where it's like, hey, you know, a little divine intervention, a little, you know, stepping up to the plate is fine. You're not going to completely throw out our evolution by appearing or by giving us some wisdom and inspiration. Like we really need that out there. And this idea that they're just there to step away, this absentee um, guidance, I don't think it's cutting it. I think they need to, to step up or they should step up. You know, If they really love us, that there's really a true compassion and they want us to take advantage of us, let's take advantage of it. Let us, uh, let us work together. Is that, is that incorrect or is that my off track? Oh, no, you're totally on track with, uh, with your perspective there. And... Um, what I do want to say is it's frustration, um, which I've 
fully experienced myself and still do. Um, so I do that sometimes. Um, I will communicate with them and I'm like, you know, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, this is getting pretty hard in here. Um, and then I have to come out of that victim role. I need to step out of the drama vortex and go back to my greater being expression. That part of me that's beyond this uh, drama arena and view it from the grander perspective. And there's a timing mechanism to all of this. And they're not coming in because they don't want to disempower us. This is a critical moment for us to really dig deep. Um, because we're actually, the, this is a classic line, but it's so true, we're the ones we've been waiting for. Okay. Um, we're the ones who are going to actually implement the changes in this world. Uh, the ones that are going to come and help, they're the ones that are going to come to disempower you and be your saviour. The real organic natural order is sitting right back and they're not going to step in. They're going to support you interdimensionally, but they're not going to come in and do anything for you in all this right, world. So, all right, so the ones that come in, those are the ones that are, are, are like the, the false. They're the ones that are going to help create the wonderful new world order under the banner of love and peace after all the, the pain that's about to be implemented. <laughs> And when you say pain and suffering, I mean, are we talking about some kind of... Are we talking about... Uh, I always talk about the economic... Well, look, that I'm going to give you my, my perspective, which could be totally wrong, but I'm going to give you my okay. viewpoint. Um, it's, it's just a point of view, okay? Uh, George's little take on it. And that is there's going to be... Because, you know, they've been fostering that tension between the three Abrahamic religions for a long time. So there's going to be that point where something really dastardly is going to happen. For example, the possibility of a nuclear weapon going off uh, in a highly populated area, the horror of that um, may will, will create such a wave of momentum, um, the scream for peace, and um, and that that will then unify the three Abrahamic religions, and that unification wave, that wave of momentum for the planet screaming out for peace and love, that's the energy that's going to be used to create the new world order. And it's going to be a version of love and it's going to be a version of peace and artificial intelligence is going to play a really big role in the monitoring of the human race, in the control of the human race. But, and then there's going to be all these new technologies because... While you discipline the child on one hand, you then have to make it appease it on the other. So you give it a new toy to play with to take the pain away from the discipline that you just imposed. Get it? So new technologies are going to be released. It's going to be fantastic for people. There's going to be awe and wonder. (laughs) And people are going to be bedazzlement of, of this array of new technology. And sicknesses are going to be healed. Cancer is going to be healed. Even though there's been cures for cancer forever and they all get crushed and people get murdered so the cures don't come out, when the time for cancer to be cured is needed, that's when it will be allowed to happen because it serves part of the bigger agenda. So that is what's going on uh, in my understanding. And then after we've lived through that so-called several years of peace under the New World Order, things will start to change again because there will be great changes that are taking place inside of people such as ourselves and also with the planet 
And in in this time of <clears throat> the apprehension that's going on now, but will really happen very powerfully over the next few years, is the apprehension of the human awareness. So the artificial version of this reality is in the process of being created. So once people are plugged in to um, with their mind, let's say like a chip in the head, for example, then you're plugged in permanently to a network, a collective hive mind network that is implemented by the artificial intelligence and then people's perception of reality is totally skewed. So it's going to be really fascinating because um, people around here are saying if they want to put a chip in us, we're not doing it. <laughs> you know? we're, we're, we'd rather yeah. die. We're going to go to war. We're going to make a stand. Um, and if we can't go and buy food in a supermarket, well, we're just going to create our own communities, you know, and start growing our own stuff. Um, and I can tell you there's people around here that, that there's no way they're going to do it, absolutely no way. And it's going to be the same for many people all around the world, no matter what drama they create and how much um, terror uh, they create through their control of terrorism in the world because they control all the terrorism. Um, and, and, and the greatest terrorism being imparted onto the human race is the terror that they implement into the human psyche through the mass media. That is the greatest level of terrorism in the world. Pretty amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, I just, well, I don't watch television anymore because the mind control programs coming out of that are disgusting. You know, it's a violation of my mind. It's a total violation. It's disgusting. <laughs> so that's my take on it. And, uh, and then we will step into our power and we will be able to go interdimensional and then this reality will start to break down when Mother Earth needs to pull more of her life force out of this level of expression. And then all the ETs will come and there will be the mass harvesting of the, their human herd is the languaging that we are using in all our exopolitical meetings and our cosmopolitical meetings that, that I'm in part of um, at the moment behind the scenes. So they want to come and harvest their human herd and from a much greater level it is those who do not awaken and succumb to the programs of God um, and that includes the science, the science world. You'd be surprised how they are seemingly opposing factions but you'd be surprised how both paradigms are under complete control of this God entity and, and the secret space program and all that and the military-industrial complex. So we have behind the scenes already the preparations taking place for the mass harvesting of, of, of humanity um, and the introduction of ET groups um, for that to take place. So it's all underway. The Vatican will play a big role in disclosure. Forget the US government. That might, that'll step in later. <laughs> but for me, disclosure has to be uh, controlled by the Vatican because the moment ET comes into the uh, global acceptance in the human psyche, then that will bring into question religion and everything, and they have to manage that outbreak. So, George Kavasilis, we could talk for you for hours, but um, fortunately we're out of time, and I just want to say that loved our interview, and that it was really wonderful. And I want everyone to please go to George's website, ourjourneyhome.com.au, and when you go to George's website, you can learn all about him. You can learn about his – George has his own radio show called Super Woo Radio. He interviews a lot of great guests. And also on George's site, you can learn about his workshops. He's got one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Um, you can buy his book, which is fantastic. 
And, uh, you know, it was a real pleasure and a great, great honor to have you back with us, George. Thank you so much for having us, for being with us oh, today. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And I just want everybody to never forget uh, that you hold the keys inside of you. Just don't allow this energy to diminish you. Um, really, really trust and believe in your soul and your connection to the natural order of life. We truly are united there in unconditional love. Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. I want to give a special thanks to our great guest, Mr. George Kavosilis, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Casa, and Miss Constance Dellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Have a great rest of the week, and thank you so much for listening. Your friendly neighborhood Randall's is celebrating 50 great years. Stop in and find amazing deals down every aisle and great low prices on all the things that make summer just better. This week, use your Remarkable card and pick up Lucerne Dozen Large Eggs for only 69 cents each when you buy two or more. Limit four, please. And stop by Produce for a sweet deal on fresh green seedless grapes for just 97 cents a pound. Better deals, sweeter savings, bigger celebrations. Randall's, proudly serving Texas families since 1966. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is proud to present the Boots on the Boulevard Concert Series during Rodeo Week with Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. Rodeo Week never sounded so good. With the best live country music at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas this December. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. featuring Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. More acts announced soon, but don't wait. Go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com to book your experience. Boots on the Boulevard at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas.